from the first chapter of the first epistle of Simon Peter. Thank God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that in His great mercy, we men have been born again into a life full of hope through Christ's rising again from the dead. You can now hope for a perfect inheritance beyond the reach of change and decay, reserved in heaven for you. And in the meantime, you are guarded by the power of God operating through your faith till you enter fully into the salvation which is already for the denouement of the last day. This means tremendous joy to you, I know, even though you are temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials and temptations. This is no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which is infinitely more valuable than gold, and gold, as you know, even though it is ultimately perishable, must be purified by fire. This proving of your faith is planned to bring you praise and honor and glory in the day when Jesus Christ reveals himself. And though you have never seen him, yet I know that you love him. At present, you trust him without being able to see him. And even now, he brings you a joy that words cannot express and which has in it a hint of the glories of heaven. And all the time you are receiving the result of your faith in him, the salvation of your own souls. The prophets of old did their utmost to discover and obtain this salvation. They did not find it, but they prophesied of this grace that has now come to you. They tried hard to discover to what time and to what sort of circumstances the Spirit of Christ working in them was referring. For he foretold the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow them. It was then made clear to them that they were dealing with matters not meant for themselves, but for you. It is these very matters which have been made plain to you by those who preach the gospel to you by the same Spirit sent from heaven. And these are facts to command the interest of the very angels. Now that was uh, 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 12. And I happened to be reading through those just this morning in my own personal time with the Lord. And I was so struck First of all, and we'll get there in a minute, by that opening, by all that you and I have received because of the work of Jesus. But that last paragraph, that's verses 10 through 12, where it kind of pivots and starts talking about the prophets of old. Now, that's just fascinating. Because imagine living your whole life back then, back in the old covenant, back before the incarnation of Jesus and yearning so completely with all your heart, soul, and mind for what you and I, at times, just take as a matter of course. And that line there where it talks about, they realized it wasn't even for them, and yet they prophesied, they, they continued to try hard to discover. I don't know. I'm just moved by that kind of doggedness after the way of God, even before the coming of Jesus himself. 
in my own kind of reading interest right now, I've been reading a short, really wonderful biography of good old Socrates. And we've talked about Socrates a couple of times in these thoughts over this fall, winter, and spring of 2020 and 2021. But this particular writer, a, a British writer named Paul Johnson, opens this work on Socrates by talking about the fact that in the 5th century, there were three lives that overlapped and never physically touched each other that are monumental lives. First of all, there was Confucius. You know about Confucius maybe a little bit, or Confucianism. Then is Ezra, Ezra who we know from the Old Testament, that Hebrew priest who went and preached and brought the Torah to the exiles who were there and is in Jerusalem. And then finally, Socrates. And it's so interesting to think of those three disparate lives overlapping in time, not in space and actually seeing each other, because of each of their complete passions for kind of the real thing. In fact, I want to read to you just a little bit from Paul Johnson. He says, it was Confucius's view, recorded by his pupils in what are called the Analects, that education was the key to everything. A person should be so deep in study that he forgets to eat. So full of joy in learning, he ignores all practical worries. And so busy acquiring knowledge, he does not notice old age coming on. Education was the process whereby civilization and the minds and bodies of those privileged to enjoy it breathed and lived. In 458 BC, the Hebrew priest and scribe Ezra returned to Jerusalem from Babylon. He had been born when Confucius was in his 60s and was the leading intellectual among the exiled Jewish community in Persia. He brought with him an edited and freshly transcribed version of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Torah, or Jewish Bible, what Christians call the Old Testament. The word Torah came to mean the law, but its meaning originally, and certainly in Ezra's day, was instruction, teaching, guidance. Ezra used the Torah as the basis for the re-foundation of the Jewish community in the Promised Land after the dislocation of the exile. It was his manual of instruction, as the rest of his life was one of those rare occasions in history when education was used as the means to reform an entire society, morally, politically, economically, and socially. So here I was thinking I was reading about Socrates, and suddenly I'm thinking about the doggedness of Ezra. And even in that other overlapping life in Confucius, the, the joy of learning so much that all practical worries fall to the side, uh, so busy acquiring knowledge that we don't even notice old age coming on. I think that description of Confucius and then of Ezra coming to those exiles, coming to those people of Jerusalem and saying, let us be refounded upon the truth of the law. Well, it got me thinking of verses 10 through 12 in 1 Peter 1. Because friends, if the prophets of old who were even told this isn't entirely for you, were still so dogged, so unflappable in their pursuit of the way of Yahweh? Well then, friends, I want to remind you from the verses preceding that in 1 Peter 1, just what you and I now have. So here's some phrases I highlighted. Friends, this is who you are. You have been born again into a life full of hope 
through Christ's rising again from the dead. You can now hope for a perfect inheritance beyond the reach of change and decay. It's reserved in heaven for you right now. You are guarded by the power of God operating through your faith, your simple belief. All of this means tremendous joy to you and to me. And even our hardships, even the challenges, the trials, the tribulations, they are proving your faith. And they are bringing you to a place of praise, honor, and glory in the day when Jesus shows us his face once again. And by the way, that glorious joy that is to come, it's a joy that words cannot express. And in the midst of our temporal lives, as we experience eternity breaking through, friends, that is a hint of the glories of heaven. It is the glory of the salvation of your soul. So, no, we don't follow in the way of Confucius or Confucianism. And in fact, we don't even follow in the way of the old covenant. So we're not necessarily trying to do it the same way that Ezra and the prophets themselves were. But I guess my question to myself and to you today, what about Jesus are we getting lost in right now? What about our daily, intimate, at times dogged pursuit of his face is causing us to be so absent-minded about everything else that we're forgetting to eat. We're not even noticed the passing of the days and the years because we're so lost in the goodness of him, in the power of his Holy Spirit, in pursuit of the Father's will, just like Jesus went after the Father's will in his 33 years upon this earth. So here's a little reminder to my own heart and perhaps yours today. There is grit involved in following Jesus. There is doggedness, to use the word for the umpteenth time in this podcast, about going after more and more and more of him, knowledge of him, experience of him, abiding in him. Where is he calling you to go deeper right now? Where is he calling you, like the prophets of old, to just keep pushing? Well, here's my encouragement to you. Keep going. Let's let today be a day of doggedness, of grit, of desire, and in the end, of just the joy of digging more deeply into what we have. What a joy it is to know him. Let's go do it again today. Thanks for listening.